This is a Hot Pie Original. Hi, and welcome to The Amy Edwards Show. I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Amy Edwards, and I'm really excited about today's... I know, I know, I say it every time, and I catch myself, but I'm just I'm just excited, and I'm just... I don't know. I'm loving doing this. Today, we're going to talk with East Forest, also known as Krishna. He is an incredibly talented music artist, and he did a project a couple of years back with Ram Das. He shares about that. We we just have a deep philosophical, not even really discussion. He talks and I listen and it is mind blowing and amazing. And I can't wait for you to hear it. So let's do this thing. I'm so glad you're here. Um, what do I need to tell you real quick? If you haven't signed up for my newsletter, please do so. It's at amyedwards.com and I will keep you up to date on what's going on with the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you to our crew at Hot Pie. Let's do it. Hello and welcome to the show. If you are watching this, you can tell I'm doing this from home today and I'll tell you why in just a few minutes. So, um, I have been in Costa Rica and I'm just excited that we got to record a live podcast there and talk with East Forest Krishna. He is the shit, man. I really just felt so blessed because it was one of those things that just fell into place. I knew I was doing a live podcast recording and it just fell into place for him to be there. And he said, yes. And we got to connect a little bit before it and it just flowed. And he is the kind of person that can just blow your mind over and over. And anybody that was that close to Ram Dass too, just, it's very special to me. I love Ram Dass so much. I have since the first time I ever even heard Be Here Now. I have it tattooed on my arm and I don't even think I told Krishna that. And um, I don't know. I just have always felt like a powerful some kind of call toward him and his work and everything that he put out there. And it's wonderful to hear. So big, big thanks uh, to him for sitting down with me and to the crew that helped out because it wasn't our usual hot pie crew. So thank you to everybody that was there. Um, mainly Jordan and Shane that really helped with the audio and the setup gave me this beautiful setup that you'll see. And to Justin for recording the video to go with it. So anyway, just really super grateful and excited to bring you that. So I want to talk a little bit today about physicality because I feel like I've been on this physical like journey the last couple weeks, really. As we talked to Meg a couple weeks ago and about going easier on ourselves. And then I got to Costa Rica and I wanted to be easier on my body. And they had us write down our goal while we were there. And mine was about embodiment and embodying the things that I talk about. And just the word body being in it. Uh, One of the first things that came to my attention that I mentioned last week with Adrian which that podcast is amazing too, if you haven't listened yet. Um, I talked about uh, this connection to our physicality and how, you know, we discount it so many times, but we're not just a meat suit, right? We're not. We're, um, we're some, this physicality. So I've been listening to something called Conversations with God, which is from like 2006, but it is fucking mind blowing. It's so good. And one of the things in there is that we have to have this physical experience in order to understand God, which I find fascinating. Like this is part of it and we can't discount it. 
And as I wanted to feel that embodiment and understand this physicality and appreciate it more, appreciate all that my body does and not be so hard on it. I, of course, of course, I was like forced to do it in whole new ways. <laughs> so <laughs> number one, Oh, one of the first things that, um, oh, I was going to read you my card. So my intention for the week was to feel more free in my own body, more appreciative of it, speaking, singing, movement, spiritually, to allow and accept it as beautiful, powerful, and as it should be, rather than coming from a place of fear and worry of how it will be received. And then on the back, I wrote free, embodied, speaking, movement, as the goddess, dance, singing, clothes, spiritual, spiritually, energetically, laughter, light, shine, beauty, all that. Uh, and then, of course, my, you know, intention, my desire was heard. <laughs> of course, in ways I didn't even expect. Number one. So what one of the things East Forrest and I, Krishna and I, we just jump right in with our conversation. And we started talking about ketamine because he has been doing ketamine infusions as well. And his amazing, gorgeous, incredible wife, Radha, who I highly recommend following both of them. And I hope to have her on the show sometime because she's incredible. So, uh, they, she does, um, ketamine integration therapy. I hope I'm saying that right. And, um, she's, she's absolutely incredible. And we jump right in talking about ketamine and what it's done for him and what it's been like for him. And he talked about some experiences that he's had that just thrust him right into it. So, uh, that, I think it was maybe the next night. So I consider myself pretty experienced with ketamine because I've done the infusions at Illuma. I've had the nose spray. I've been on that track for like a year and a half. And so I, uh, I was just going to do a little bit of it in Costa Rica. And instead it hit me very hard and unexpectedly. And it affected my entire body in a way that I've never experienced. And I think it was probably what you could call a K-hole. And I just, I, I was just forced into it suddenly and unexpectedly. And I felt irresponsible about it, but I had to surrender to it. And it was a heavy learning experience. And luckily I was with people that really didn't judge me. They, um, helped me. And I mean, I, I like couldn't, walk at one point. And that was very scary for me. And luckily, you know, Justin was there, my partner. And so he helped me and, and I came through it fairly quickly, but, um, but I learned a very valuable lesson about being careful with it. And so I also just felt like it forced me out of my physicality and back into it in a way that I didn't expect. And then on top of that, uh, with this goal of embodiment, I, uh, came out of Costa Rica and got COVID and, <laughs> and I was like, wow. I mean, that'll force you into your physicality. And rather than <sighs> taking it all as something bad, I tried to shift it around and be appreciative of my body and all that it's capable of you know, getting well, healing itself, essentially. Yes. I took Tylenol, Advil. Someone gave me a Z, a doctor gave me a Z pack. I don't know if that does anything, but, and I slept a lot and I was, I'm, I'm so thrilled that I didn't give it to anybody else like Adrian last week. And cause that was before I knew I had it and my children, but, um, it just 
forced me to think about my physicality in a whole new way and this experience that we have going on in our bodies. And so I guess I just want to take it on the heels of, you know, the two weeks ago going easier on ourselves and our bodies in, in any way. And then talking about cold therapy last week and then having these things happen. And at the same time, we uh, had a Morosco Forge cold bath delivered to our house by Adrian, And she walked me through a cold plunge. And so I've been doing these cold plunges every day, which are excruciating for me. Excruciating. I mean, I think it's a fine line between exhilaration and misery. <laughs> when you think about a roller coaster, you know, one person's screaming and one person's like having the time of their life. Um, God, I mean, it is tough, but I feel good after, but it puts me into my physical, like, I mean, nothing else. So I feel like ask and you'll receive, right? I've asked to get more in touch with my physicality and boom, I have. And so, I don't know, I guess the lesson or whatever I'm trying to say here is simply, how can we pay attention and shift that a little bit and go kinder on ourselves and these meat suits and these this physicality? Like, how can we look at it a little differently? How can we be more appreciative of all that it's showing us and all that it's bringing us and all that we're learning from it. (laughs) So that's my thoughts about it today. I am so excited to move into today's interview, conversation, whatever you want to call it, mind-blowing philosophical talk from East Forest known as Krishna. That name was given to him by Ram Dass. And I'm just, I just, I loved this talk so much. And I think that the how-to in it today was about how to love it all, how to love it all. And that means it all. And he talks about us being cyborgs. He talks about, <laughs> he talks about just his, his own um, ketamine and psychedelic journeys. And it is fan-freaking-tastic. So thank you to Krishna. Thank you to Radha too for being there. And I can't wait for you to meet her sometime. So um, be sure and find him. He's at East Forest on Instagram and his music too is at East Forest on Spotify. Highly recommended if you haven't listened to it and it is available on vinyl. I also want to plug the oils that they make. They make these amazing smelling oils. Um, they're unisex, I think, but I've been wearing them and I just, I love them. I love, um, that scent. And I love being able to smell (laughs) because I did lose my smell for like four days. So anyway, let's move on to today's. And again, thank you to East Forest Krishna for being here today. So excited about this and to share with you guys. He's like, okay. So he just stands there, you know, like holding the syringe, just kind of hovering. And I'm just like, ugh. And he finally put it in my arm. And in like minutes, it it was like a, a freight train of energy that felt like the strongest psychedelic I've ever experienced yeah. in my life times a million. Yeah. Like, and I've been around the block a little bit, yeah, with, yeah. you know, I've been to the jungle I've done, and then I was, and this was happening and I was thinking to myself, what's happening? Like, Oh, Oh, they clearly accidentally gave me a million times too much. Yeah. And I thought, well, I don't think I'll die but I just have to ride this out. And I just remember it feeling like it took on the clothing of like five MEO and ayahuasca and psilocybin and LSD and nitrous and MDMA. It's just all of it. So when you say, should you do it? 
No, I would say if you I feel called, yet, but it, I haven't done that. Intermuscular, intermuscular. I, but I've done it. The intervenous. I mean, it's an different. IV. It's it is. different. Apparently, they're okay. all different uh, speeds and vibes. Because seventy-five doesn't sound that much for well, like from you, what I've done. I've done one hundred and fifty or something like. That. But it's slow. It's but like, it's a slow. Drip. Yeah, this is like mainline like forces in you right your there. brain, and you you don't have time to catch your breath. I mean, there were dimensional shifts happening I didn't know existed. Like what? I, it's unexplainable. Like it went, oh, yeah. you know, first you go into that psychedelic space where you're like, okay, we're going to do this. <laughs> With all kind of that psychedelic threshold. I have that sense right when it kicks in and I go, oh, fuck. What okay, have I done? I'm in it. I'm yeah, in it. Yeah. And I, I will come out, but here we yeah, go. Yeah. So you cross that, but then it starts going even further. And this is happening very fast. Yeah. And then, and then you're just thinking like, oh, wow. Okay. We're going to give up time. Okay. We're going to give up me. Okay. To go into death. Okay, oh, what <laughs> else is there? Oh, we're going to give up like concepts of like what this universe and dimension is. And then there's another one and then another one and then another one. And just like, hey, so confoundingly strange and, and deep that it was, um, you know, you're beyond concepts of even good and bad. Like it was challenging, but it was more just like I was shaking, you know, the whole time. How long did that last for you? About 45 minutes an yeah, hour. Yeah. yeah. But I, I remember trying to think like of something to hold on to just to, and I remember, I remembered numbers and I was like, Oh, that's, that's a thing in this universe that I'm from. And if I can remember how to like maybe count or something, that's a tether to Holy like, shit. That went you know, way further than I have. I'm telling you, it was like beyond any ayahuasca journey I've ever experienced or anything else. It was like, so we're talking about ketamine. If you're just joining and, um, ketamine in the arm. And so yeah. why did you, we're started, we're recording and we're in Costa Rica and I'm thrilled that you're here. Why did you even do it initially to do, to anxiety? So tell I, me, I had heard that it works on. really well for anxiety and depression, but here's so, the thing. Yeah, it's supposed to work really well for anxiety and depression. The next day was my birthday. And when I had was this? Uh, July. Oh. And I had all these plans. Mm-hmm. And it, I it, I had to cancel everything. I was my brain was so broken. I was angry. Like I couldn't come back. I was just like it it was so broken apart. I couldn't just like come back. So it was like everything got canceled and so forth and then as the days progressed though then I realized I was feeling better than I'd ever felt in my life. It was like a complete reset. Uh, well, it's supposed to reset your neural pathways, right? Well, Rada would know better than me, but Where's Rada? She's she went like, to, there she is. Uh, yeah. 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 So I've noticed since then that, uh, it can be really powerful for me in lowering the temperature on how I feel like reacting to things. You know, so, yeah. you know, stuff happens and I still am dealing with it. I'm still not pleased about it, but I'm not really like looping about it or worked up about right, it. That's just what it does. In my it, body. It wipes those little loops off. At least that's what I used it for, for my ruminations. It, it's and pretty amazing. It is amazing. But yeah. um, I guess like people think of you as pretty evolved already. I'm not evolved. Yeah. <laughs> There's many projections. It is. <laughs> she thought when she met me that I was just like, oh, he was like a vegan, nothing wrong with vegans, you know, and, and I'm I doesn't a, drink a, and all this stuff. And I'm like, was holding a beer and it's like, yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I, I, uh, play the music to assuage my own, uh, foibles and problems mm-hmm. quite literally. And so, 
Um, well, okay, so your hat says plants before pills. So do you have an issue with ketamine not being a plant-based th- medicine? This was given to me. Oh, uh, it was a gift. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> like, I didn't even know it said that on there. <laughs> Shout out to Ned. Thanks for the hat and yeah. the CBD oil. Um, no, not really. I mean... I, I, think, do, I think I, I think I personally don't, but I, I don't, I think, you know, that discussion about synthetics and plant-based is interesting. Maybe just because of the alkaloids that you're missing. I mean, I think it's at the end of the day, chemistry is chemistry and we're messing with our spacesuit chemically all day long with f- mostly food and uh, sex and dopamine and phones uh, so that's all we do all day long. Right. Is play is we ride the waves of different like titration. <laughs> um, and, you know, like I'm hankering for a cerveza right now. They make and, and you know, I feel that itch. And then there's just another I had itch. it when I landed in Costa Rica. I was like beer. I felt it. I think it's the heat. Mm, yeah. Maybe. Oh my God. What? <laughs> <Boom>. <laughs> This is a, a Rattler, nonetheless. Thank you. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. <clears throat> well, so what's, if you say it's gotten better, if it's yeah. gotten better, the, the, after the ketamine journey, so you did it for the anxiety. What, what w- was going on with you anxiety? I'm really well, curious. We did four about sessions. This. And like, it, I'm curious about transformation and what happens. So like, yeah, yeah. We, d- we did a series of sessions and I think. Uh, correct me again if I'm wrong. It seems to be around th- three to four within a few weeks. Is yeah, and That's a lot. It, it, more than like weeks, w- yeah. one, you know. But this was a big one. The others were actually beautiful and mellow, and uh-huh. and then I didn't do it f- until recently again. So it lasted like up till the new year, and then I started realizing like, man, I'm just feeling kind of stressed, really overwhelmed and stressed. Um, From and- what? Just like COVID, <laughs> everything. All, yeah, and and there's just a lot. I have so many things going on. It's just like, and I uh, have a tendency to uh, over like be involved in everything, you know, and and just want to like. And I I'm in between management. I left my management in early um, right right the same weekend the lock in happened, mm-hmm. lockdown. And so I've just been kind of doing a lot, you know what I mean? And it's been a really great year of lots of things happening, but it's just like, you know how it is with everybody. There's only so many hours in the day. Yeah. And it just felt like a lot of pressure to um, not let things slip by. You have to pay attention to your mental health. Yeah. So the ketamine, I thought I'd go back and try it again and see if it would help because I thought maybe the first time was a fluke. And we just finished probably three weeks ago. I did three or four, four, and it re- helped again. Yeah. Like, like it was amazing. I was like, wow, I feel so grounded. And I noticed that this isn't really scientific, but when I was feeling really good, like things were just going really well, like like opportunities and things uh like deals and i'm just like okay what's up with this why that's what they say the better we're feeling then the more things we're attracting <sighs> well, that are in that feeling yeah and like i say, it that's could just be though. me seeing those signs but it certainly mm. felt that way mm. and 
I don't know. I'm in. I'm you're, you're surfing better. That. You know, it's like you're just like you've waxed your board a little better. Yeah. And you know the waves are still. I don't control those waves, but I feel like I was like, oh, I just remembered how to surf better. I like that analogy. Yeah. You waxed your board better. Yeah. But, a little sex wax. But I think that I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks, and she or he or they say that like the more that you're operating in this vortex of feeling good then the more that you're pulling that to you Mm -hmm. don't you think you're proving it i i would think so i mean i think the secret is missing part of half the picture and it's sort of like the sugar-coated answer in a way and so i don't think it's as simple as you kind of just attract it to you through like you know i manifest my reality but i do think that is half the picture and that you are choosing like the stars you want to navigate by. Mm -hmm. You are picking the direction you want to go. And that course that you're choosing is, is critical and fundamental to the creative aspect of being a human being is being, is saying, I want to, I'm going to go that way. You know, in essence, metaphorically, like I'm, I'm going to do whatever it is I'm going to do, what choice I'm going to pick. And then just like sound waves or water waves, you know, you've put that pebble into the lake that creates these ripples and it hits all the other things, all the other choices and, and cause and effect in the universe and creates ripples back. And that's the feedback of life. And so that's your participation in it. But that's different to me than saying it's a me world that I'm just like, you know, deciding what I'm bringing to me in a way. I mean, that, does that make sense to you? Like the nuance mm. between that? Yes, it does. And actually, I, I love what you, the way you put it, because I've been trying to just make sense of it in my own head lately. Like, how how does it make sense? Like, and, you know, that whole thing about like really feeling it and all that. Well, we always have things coming up that are like the anxieties and all that, you know, and how to navigate around those or, or yeah. deal with them the right way. Even Ramdas really changed my perspective on this because. I think that when he uh, spoke about the idea of loving your dark thoughts, for instance, mm-hmm. which is a profound shift from trying to push them away. It's sort of like a child that's uh, going through a tantrum. Really, the only way to work with them is to hold them you know, or, or the, the witnessing and the patience. And we do that with ourselves because what I have been enjoying is giving up more on trying to control. And instead of changing my mind, I, I, I just like to witness it and love it. Yes. It's like, I'm not going, I'm not here to ameliorate my dark thoughts or transcend my ego. Like, I think that's actually a trap. Yeah, I do too. And actually I've been on the train of loving the whole because it's all part of the whole, the light, the darker, yeah. whatever you want to label it. I'm not even into labeling it as much anymore because I just think that is, takes us down a path of um, calling it bad or something like that, you know, and I don't want to call it bad. I just want to say that's the whole and I love every part of it. And if I can love every part of it, the darkness loses or darkness or whatever we want to call it, loses some of its power. And it's also, but it serves a purpose. Yeah. You know, we're here again. Ramdas was told, you know, you're here on campus earth. Like, why don't you take the curriculum? It's like, we're meant to be human. Uh, the friction we feel 
of the challenges of life is the point. Mm-hmm. It's not the thing to be avoided. It's just how we, uh, how we, how much we attach to it. You can't change it. And, 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 and moreover, it's like if, if we were just here and it was completely bliss and there was never anything wrong, we'd essentially be in soul land where we're just these amorphous, perfect, right? There would be no point right. other than God being God. But if God wants to experience God, you need to have uh, something to push against that, that, that friction of choice and cause and effect. And that way we can have experience and, and it doesn't make it any easier and it doesn't diminish the suffering, but it gives value to the suffering. It, it gives, it, you know, a, a way to kind of like loosen the grip on, on everything that's happening. It, it's going to happen. Yes, it is going to happen. I and, just, and, and, and that doesn't mean that your choices don't matter. And it's like, okay, so, you know, that person's poor and that person's suffering and so be it. That's not what I'm saying. It's like, that is the mystery itself. The paradox that it, everything is perfect and your, your choices are totally critical and matter. It's a, it, it crosses through the boundary of making sense. I mean, that that's why it doesn't make sense because it, it's God. You know, we're touching the thing that we, we can't know fully with our brain. Did you see God more with Ram Dass? Did it give you more clear? I'm such a Ram Dass fan, like from way, <laughs> way back. So yeah, me too. Yeah. When when I first when they uh, we first kind of met and we were recording him and we set up mics and they shut the door and it's his study and it's very homey and I. I think up until that moment, I kind of thought I'd weaseled my way in. I tricked the right people. <laughs> and and when the door shut, I realized how valuable it was to be alone with him. I was like, oh, this is rare. Like, he's, there's always, because there's always, there's always so many people around. Yeah. Even when, I'd been there a few times in the previous days. It was always a lot of people. So like, oh, it's just, it's just him. And then I kind of freaked out. So I'm like, this is like the spiritual White House, you know, like, how did I get here? Oh, shit. What do I do? And then, and then he just, he just like looked at me. I hit record and he just looked at me and we we're just eye gazing. And he just was like, you know, fully present and fully just like, I don't know you, but just loving. And that was, that was God. That was the gift. That was the whole thing. Everything else was gravy. Was, and we just did that for a minute since I realized I probably should ask a question because this would be the lamest album ever. Of like, it's like a Marcel, Marcel mind tape on audio or something. Um, but uh, yeah, that it was, it was, and that was a gift because you realize that any of us can do that at any time for anyone. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something you have to go to an ashram to learn or pay any money to take some course you can do it in your next breath you yeah, know damn right yeah and it's simple do you yeah. do you feel his presence do you still like or is it just associated with god like if you're meditating or something well his guru neem Kroli baba maharaji was uh a he talks be- about on the album too I yeah yeah, yeah 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 who, you know, you could think of him like a, a Buddha or a Jesus, someone who's sort of, um, they're just, there's not much person there. There's just loving awareness all the time, no matter how much you look. And it was someone that I never met, but 
I started to feel like more of a relationship with that being from that preceded me. It, it felt connected, you know, mm-hmm. that's a longer story about just how that came into my life through divorce. And, and so now Ramdas passed away within a few days of the, uh, the last parts of the album releasing. And it, you would think like, Oh, that's the, that's the literal and perfect denouement of this experience. It is the end and that's okay. Like that's the end. It's like beautiful, but it didn't end there. It, it felt it very alive since then. And the relationship I feel with Maharaji and Ramdas feels alive in this moment. I don't mean that in a, um, like a supernatural way. I just mean like, I can't deny the evidence of watching the aliveness of that creation reverberate in the world that I don't feel is at all me anymore. It's just more like you, you make a little boat and you kick it out to sea and everyone writes you letters of people who run into the boat. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, it is its own entity. Yeah. It's a flow on effect. And, and so in that way, I feel very connected uh, to Ram Dass and Maharaji. And in that way, I, I've always felt like in a form of communication in my own mind and heart, where I, I, I give myself over to something larger and ask to be guided. And I often feel guided. And I think the key to that lock is uh, humbleness yeah. and just saying, I don't know. And I would, I, I, I appreciate the help and I'm, I'm asking for help. That invitation is key. Mm-hmm. Humbleness is a good word. It's a good thing. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. It's good medicine. Um, mm-hmm. if, it's, if you don't feel humble, it's probably the number one thing to cultivate in your life because why, how could you, how, how could we way. not be humble? <laughs> like, like we don't control anything or know anything. And, um, most of us here, I would imagine are incredibly privileged probably in different ways in yeah. our own ways. And, um, that alone comes with the responsibility of humbleness and any psychedelic journey will probably teach you that you really don't know anything in a way, like with a mm-hmm. little K. And so it's, it feels like, uh, the spiritual doorway. I, I heard someone say, it might've been Raghu Marcus that in Indian, is it in Hinduism, the golden thread, golden chain is thought of as righteousness being, the final and most important step to overcome on the spiritual journey. <laughs> and I feel like the other polarity of that would be humbleness. You know, that would be the way mm-hmm. to, to work with it. Yeah. Well, I'm weirdly reading. I think I was just looking for more Ram Dass not too long ago and I ordered his book um, still here. Yeah. Have you read it? Not all of it, but I, I've gotten that book for several older people. Yeah. Well, it's written yeah. for older people. Yeah. And so I ordered it and then I realized oh, this is written for older people, yeah. but I'm actually really enjoying the lessons in it because yeah. they are about humility and they yeah. are about like how our society views older people. And like, it's about dying essentially. Uh, not exactly. It's about more like as you get older, the, all the shit changes. And so how do you, how do you deal with that? And I'm, I'm getting a lot out of it and I'm just yeah. surprised, but, but so many of them are lessons about that because his body changed and he doesn't even just talk about the stroke. He talks more about, you know, even when his body changed over time, you know, and, right. um, 
the screw just fell out. I don't know what that was. It was my necklace. Yeah, it's halfway. Yeah, it's coming <laughs> apart. Yeah, my necklace is coming apart. He got very, very old in the traditional sense. Like, yeah. you know, by the time he was at the end, he looked like he was at the end. I mean, he looked extremely frail. Yeah. And there was just, he wasn't speaking and there was, he was just so close to the veil of the other side, Yeah, but he was beaming with presence. Well, he uh, talks, he talks in it too about the humility of, you know, somebody else having to help you go to the bathroom and just anything yeah. else that comes along in life and just the lessons within all that. And, um, and I just thought it was interesting that even, you know, he was able to share those cause we take, just take a lot for granted, you know, and, um, Yes. Humbling experiences are um, something that I'm constantly trying to learn from. Yeah. Well, I'm, and I think, I think humbleness can be a choice and I think it, it that's the, that's the gateway in it's, it's just, like I said, it's, it's one of the things, the directions and you choose and the stars you navigate by. Yeah. Um, it's not something it can't, like you said, it can be handed to you and given to you forcefully, but well, I think a lot of times it will be if your ego's like, you know, there's different flavors of ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, it, but I'm saying it's good practice like to, 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 to kind of exercise that through a mechanism of choice in any moment and yeah. just sort of say like, you know, what does that lens feel like if I put it on right now, like right now, you know? And, and I think it, it's a great teacher here in itself. Yeah. What are your practices all the time? Like, uh, cerveza, yoga, ice cream. No, um, those are good. Ram Dass would approve of that. I'm sure. No, I, uh, my yoga is music and creativity and nature and relationship. Um, good counsel. Those are probably the main ones for me, but music and creativity is not something that is like only for people who are professionals, you know what I mean? We were just, it's, I was just talking about this with somebody else and we were talking about when people say creatives or whatever. And then it's like, no, we're all creatives. We're all creating all the time, all of us all the time. But quite literally, like it's, it's, it's a modern affliction that we, we pay other people to sing for us or um, we think that, you know, I mean, sure. Someone can sing better or as, as someone draws better and so forth. And there's nothing wrong with celebrating these things, but, or enjoying it, but everyone can sing. Right. right. I mean, or make noises that is singing and, and it, <laughs> it probably <laughs> feels good Yeah, and you don't have to do it publicly. That's irrelevant. Like I'm just in, so robbing yourself of like this, this thing that's inherently part of you, who you are as, as a human being is a shame because the act of creation is one of the things that makes us uh, very unique as human beings. Well, it makes us more like God or make it, it, it actually, no, I'm sorry. That's wrong. It is that God that is within us. It is yeah. us as God. I would argue that is one of the emanations of God seeing itself is like this. And that is what choice is a form of creation and creativity is choice is a form thing. of creation. Absolutely. Choice is a form of creation. It's a yes. form of creativity. Yeah. It's all the same thing. And, and being able to exercise that muscle uh-huh. is so fundamentally part of who we are that if you're not doing it actively, like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever your thing is, it could be a good conversation. It could be cooking. It could be free riding. It could be singing in the shower and building something. I mean, anything you want gardening. 
if you're not doing that, you're not fully turning on your 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 purpose machine, like your creative your your human spacesuit, and you probably feel a little sick. I do. If I don't tap into that, I literally get depressed. Yeah. And, and and I realized over the years, like what the recipe was for me and how I had to do it. And like that War of Art book, fantastic. One of my like, favorites. You know, Stephen Pressfield. So all that stuff is really important. And so everyone has that that door, that doorway within them. And um, it's just to encourage them to find really what they enjoy. It's like whatever is fun, do that. Yes, you're going to create. Try not to make it a chore. But <laughs> but in the parlance of the War of Art, it is a chore. You will have to overcome the initial resistance to do it. And there'll be a million excuses. I don't know why this exists, but there'll be a million excuses to not do it. I got to check the email first. Well, I have these errands. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, it'd be really great just to take the shower and then I'll, it'll be a monkey on your back. Mm-hmm. And and when I do it initially first, then the day has purpose. Everything else, like I've done the thing I'm here to do. It doesn't matter if it's public or private. And that's a practice. That's what he says, you know, make the time you sit down, forget the things that are urgent, do the things that have to be done. I think he says, you know, because the bills yeah. and all that stuff is urgent or whatever. But <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what yeah. you're doing. Essentially, you're making that a practice. I love yeah. that. Even yeah. as, as as hard as it fucking is. And I think there are many ways to to look at like what creativity means to you. Mm-hmm. And it can be super flexible, but it's sure. really important. It's really, really important. So that's, for me, that's probably my main practice. I love it. And I try to honor that and not like get lost in the business of life first or. I think that's what he means when he says the things that are urgent, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so how are you doing post-ketamine? What's that bringing <laughs> to you creatively? Um, it's just, it's just less <laughs> attachment to like, it's loosening the grip on my desire of the outcomes of things. Ooh. Well, that's what it's all about. <laughs> Isn't it? Like it's, it's hard. letting go it's hard of the desire do. of the outcome. Yeah. I like, mean, even though like I sat down with you and I was like, I want, I, you know, was attaching to a desired outcome of having a good conversation or doing a good job for everybody that's here for Brian, you know, for listeners of my podcast, you know, like I do have, but then I, at a certain point I have to just go, no, you just learn what you're supposed to learn in the moment. Well, you, you have the intention. It's another way of saying choice of what you wanted, it, you know, where you want to go. Yeah. But that's all you can do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and like, and I, and so that's a hard thing to like turn it over. And um, especially when you have like things going on in your life that there, maybe there are certain things that you really, really want to go a certain way or it's, it feels like an opportunity or someone you really want to, to work out with, mm-hmm. you know, you really do. And you're like, but I know that I really want that. So how, how can I loosen the grip? That seems crazy because then I, I, I want to do everything I can, but where's the line to where you're strangling it? Yeah. And or, or forcing it or you're in this weird delusion where all this flexing and gripping is is actually it, it completely pointless and useless. So that is the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Like that's what I would see on in the ketamine in a sense is that it allows me to. And, and all that flexing that. and stuff is working counter to what you really want. Oftentimes, I think. Yeah, I think it's probably counterproductive because ruminations in my head are just that mm-hmm. they're not necessarily. It, you know, it's the ego being a bit more of a master than uh, 
Servant? Well, I don't know if service. Yeah, I don't word, think that's but, right either. You know, a good friend. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, yeah, a teammate, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I want, it's sort of, again, coming with that loving perspective, not saying like, oh, shut up or stop thinking that or you need, it's like, oh, yes, I, I'm so concerned about that also. Mm. And then you let it go. Mm-hmm. And I do it again. And then I do it again. And I do it again. But maybe I just notice sometimes in these post ketamine sessions, I'm not doing it as much. Yeah. I just, so it's less of like me having to do a practice. It's just like, that's so interesting. It's something happening physically and chemically. Um, that's badass. If it just starts to happen without you having to make it a practice. It is. It is. No, it's still there, but it's just, well, the yeah. charge is so much lower. Uh, yeah. I've noticed yeah. that too. Like it shifted my brain and I think I did like six last year, but I spaced them out fairly far, but, um, it changed my brain enough to where I was thinking new thoughts and just without having to make it a practice without having to consciously be like, um, delving into doing something new. It just naturally, my brain Mm. shifted into new ways of thinking or new ways of creating. And that surprised me. And it was really nice. Surprised me in a really good way. Well, practice as a, as a term, you know, of like, things you do repeatedly to, you know, often to keep something in shape. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. so for me, that's a kind of creativity and music among other things. And I think, but that thing in itself of, of having a practice and, and is key because I, I think it's pretty rare that anything that was going to stick is, is going to just emanate from nothing and stay. It's like, you have to bring that element of choice and that's what practice is. And so, kind of developing your own church of you in a sense is really important. It's kind of everything. It's like, hopefully as you get wiser, you start to just really understand what works for you and learn how to say no and learn how to, you know, like I have to do X, Y, Z in this order at this time and these days for me to be able to, as you guys would say, be fit for service, like to do anything else. Like you don't want to just be a wounded healer out there that's sort of covering up your own wounds with your own malarkey regimen and like a a strict regimen or anything like that. Like I've gotten much softer on myself, I think in the last year on that too, just to, to flow with it a little bit more. Cerveza. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, And sometimes I don't cause it's not the right time, but, uh, why, why do you have a feather in your hat? (laughs) It's barely a feather now. That's a hawk Mm -hmm. feather from our, I think from Utah. So we have some land down in Southern Utah and it's super natureville, super remote. And I probably just reminds me of like that's place that, you know, that uh, it's like carrying a little bit of that with you. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's a extremely humbling place. How so? Because you're not at the top of the food chain, <laughs> like literally. And so when you go out, there's always the risk of death. And you have to pay attention like to the that weather and the animals and where I'm stepping. And there's always the knowledge that like this could go sideways quick. And at the same time, it's the geological beauty of just billions of years. That's just, that's humbling. Mm-hmm. Like, wow, I cannot believe what I'm seeing right now. So, and then there aren't many people there mm-hmm. who fucked it up. So it's like, <laughs> it's been less sullied by man. We call it a raw, raw land diet. And that's, I find it very humbling, uh, from all the digital stuff. Do you get off travel. digital stuff fairly regularly? Uh, you know, not so much. Me either. But, uh, I mean, I'm trying. I should say like within 
my connection as a cyborg, I, I have a lot of control. In, I'm in, sorry, as a cyborg? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all cyborgs, quasi-cyborgs. What's the definition of a cyborg? Uh, part, we're just kind of a machine, you know, human right, machine. Sure. This is a very clunky a way. Human of machine. It, no, but, that's right. You know, and uh, so I. I so I'm that not makes as, us a cyborg. Our phones. Yeah, it's it's the early <laughs> stages. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just the early stages. We'll look back and be like, I can't believe they carried around these things and they had to charge them. And I'm not saying that's good or bad. Just be in our arms or our brains or our. Well, eyes. I mean, the Neuralink is an existing thing, and it's yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've talked to people who've talked about their. Like, I'm not supposed to say, but you know, they have like. You know, things are developing for like in the retina and they call it the chip and stuff. And, and they're doing it in Black Mirror. Yeah, it's a very mm-hmm. prescient show. Um, but uh, you can take, it's sort of like you can take breaks in all different ways. It, it Maybe it doesn't have to be like a week or whatever. You know what I mean? Even just like one of my favorite things to do is to go on a walk with no keys, no wallet, no phone, which sounds like a big deal. And it's no, like, that's, that's actually like, like a, a radical <laughs> act these days, you know, like, and it really energetically is a radical feeling. You can't buy anything. No one can contact you. You can't contact anyone. And the keys thing, you just don't need them. Yeah. So just, you just feel like, wait, I'm just, I'm just a human being. So it's easier to do down in Southern Utah mm-hmm. because the phone wouldn't work anyway. Um, and it's nothing to buy and the keys are irrelevant, but, uh, maybe that's why I like it there because, uh, those things are just off the table. Yeah. And and so you have nothing to do but just like connect into this system around you that you quickly re- realize it's reflecting back to you what you are. You know, you are nature, literally. Like we are constituent parts of the earth, walking and talking, making jokes, mm-hmm. having ideas. We are it. Uh, yes. And so it's it's the when you break through that separation, it's it it. It's a good feeling. And it, again, these are all anecdotes to modern life. Yeah, they are. I like that cyborg thing. That's funny. It's, it's right. I mean, it's, it's you right. guys agree? We, are we kind of quasi-cyborgs? Out, right? <laughs> 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 I'm not going to hold my phone the same way again. We're what? Well, the iPhone is made from constituent parts of the earth, too. Everything know? is. Everything yeah. is nature. This uh, microphone is nature, right? But yeah. technically. Yeah. Uh, but... You know, it's the things that make us feel separate and that sense of separation is, is the seed of the malaise we feel of depression, polarization, you know, so anything we can do to remind ourselves of what is peeling back the layers of the onion to what is, which is that we are, we are, (laughs) we are nature and and what beyond that, you know, what does that mean? We, We are, we are rocks. As in physical beings, we are plants that need sunlight and, and oxygen and, and carbon dioxide. We're part of that system. And then we're animals, just like all the animals who want to kill things and fuck things and all the things and love things. And then we're like human beings who can be creative and crack jokes and then have brotherly love and sisterly love and cosmic consciousness and then you can take mushrooms and be basically the universe (laughs) like all of that's happening in one being (laughs) and that is what's going on and that's why it's so challenging and there's so much friction as a human being because it's like that's a tall order it is a tall order tall fucking order (laughs) and so all the things that make us feel separate as isolated human beings it's like you're just forgetting 
all the other octaves of what you are. And, and once you tap in through practice or through psychedelics or through ecstatic experiences or just through a, a good nap, you know, <laughs> like these are the times when it's like you, you just, you remember. And we would talk about the idea of remembering and it's not rocket science, Mm-mm. but that is a practice. It, we talk about forgetting, you know, all of these things serve a purpose. The, the engine of forgetting is the real gift because it allows you to remember if there was no forgetting, there's nothing to remember. It's like, that is that, that is the yin yang. That's the cycle. I've never heard it said like that. I love that. But you see, we're always focused on like, like demonizing one side of it, but it's all together. And so if you realize like, I'm always on this cycle and that's not like this wheel of incarnation. It's a problem. It's like, that's just, that's what I am. That is God creating, you know, that, and that's beautiful. That's all there is. That's all there is. And in that sense, why and how would I try to control that so much as opposed to me witnessing it with the love of saying, I can hold that. I can hold the witnessing of what is happening, the happening of all of this. Yeah. The death, the horror, the love, the joy, it will all happen. Yep. And if, if, if you were God, if you were God, <laughs> as God, you know, if you were, if you were sitting and you're all that is, you're like, and you were going to devise a creation to experience all that is in all of its polarity. So you know what the other thing is. Could you think of anything more grand and epic than this, where you can look into the sky with optical things and it's like endless, like to the point of like, you can't even understand the distances to everything else happening to the computers and like, yeah. Yeah, all killers. the art, serial killers, and all of it. That's it, the part I always try to make sense of. But like, it, it, could, it has to have everything. Everything. Like the fullness of the everything. spectrum of life. Everything means everything. Why wouldn't it? <laughs> you know? Why wouldn't it? Because it, it gives it? you the ability to, to really choose. <laughs> yes. It gives you the full spectrum to you choose You can choose with. anything. And then, then you have real freedom because it's like that's the soul's journey is to be able to choose. In my view. I love it. That is so beautiful. Well, I got word that we're supposed to wrap up really soon. Um, I just want to say thanks for doing this just on a whim today and sitting down because you are eloquent as hell. And I have oh, well, that's really you, enjoyed listening to you and talking oh, to you. What a privilege. We're, Thank you. we're happy to be here. Yes. And, and excited to hang out with all you guys. And excited to do some music tomorrow. And what I like about music is that, you know, words are fun, but they're, they're kind of music. Yeah. But music. I've been, I've been listening to conversations with God and they're talking about the feelings rather than words, you know, and like, yeah. And and music only, it just goes right to generating feelings Mm -hmm. and, and across cultures, across socioeconomic ranges. And like, it doesn't even matter how much you understand about music or don't we emotionally respond to it in the same way. And it's using like the language of the universe of like ratios, essentially like different tones and it creates harmony. Yes. And then we take things and and with time we create rhythm and those two things, you put them together. And then you think that like, yes, there's infinite notes, but the piano 12 notes in a scale, we've written every song ever we've ever heard with those 12 notes. I mean, how crazy is that? It's crazy. You know, and you're just like playing with these, these colors that, 12 colors in a way. And, 
and and just it's sort of like we forget what the soup is of of music. It's the water that we're swimming in, and we're the fish. And you ask the fish, "What is water?" And they're like, "I don't know. It's just there's music everywhere. I don't know." <laughs> but it's it's more than that. Like it's it's sort of like the song of of creation that we've been playing with for so long, and it's this celebration of creativity, and it can just take you places that if you want to go there, that I think is so confounding and incredible. It, it's so amazing. And so the, the greatest gift anyone can give me is to give me their attention and vulnerability and allowing me then to then do the same. So I, I ask for that if anyone is attending tomorrow and it'll help me like really like give. Yeah. 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 And well, as Justin told you earlier, we listen to you all the time. And so it does flow right on in all different ways. And thank you for that. Thank you for the gift of that. And this is the gift of your time today. You're welcome. Really beautiful. I was going to open it up to questions, but I think we're out of time. So thank you very much to the technical team that was here in Costa Rica, you guys, Jordan, Shane, I really appreciate there are worse places to do a podcast. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, No, so we can't um, upstage the sunset. So no joke. So anyway, thank you guys so much. And I'm going to put links to everybody's stuff too, in the show notes. So everybody can find out, you know, where we were to today. So thanks so much, you guys. And everybody's links is going to show. Everybody here. Everybody's podcast. Everybody's webpage. It is a lot of podcasts here. I think everyone's got the end of that. Anyway, thank you so much, Krishna. Thank you. Thank you. So thanks, guys. That's a wrap. Awesome. Thank you so much to Krishna for being here. Thank you to you for being here. And if you want to find him, he's everywhere at eastforest.org online or at East Forest on Instagram. And be sure to check out his wife too. She's amazing. Uh, She's at Marissa Rada Wepner. That's M-A-R-I-S-A-R-A-D-H-A-W-P-P-N-E-R on Instagram. And um, of course you can find his music everywhere, Spotify, YouTube, all that. And uh, his work with Ram Dass, which is powerful and moving. And I meditate to it on a regular basis. So um, big thanks. And, um, And just, I think that the message, you know, that I want to take away with this today is just loving it all, loving it all. Like I love that part of it, loving it all of ourselves, of life, because it is all God. It is all God. And if God is everything, can we love it all? Can we love it all? It's been a real like thing for me to learn. And yeah, I mean, yeah, it's possible. It's absolutely possible. I think he's living proof. I think Ram Dass is living proof or proof. He's Whatever. Maybe he's still alive, right? However you consider that for sure. Anyway, gigantic thanks. And thanks to you for being here today. Remember that you can subscribe to my newsletter. It's at amyedwards.com. And I do have free stuff coming out. I've been working on a voice meditation and I'm really excited to share that. I did it for some people in Costa Rica and I'm excited to just create one for free to give to you. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, you can always be up to date on that kind of stuff. Remember also to rate, review, subscribe, share. It all matters. I'm trying to get a whole bunch of five-star ratings. So if you could just hit that, I think you just scroll down to the bottom. That would be fucking awesome. I would love that. So thank you so much. So um, yeah, thanks again to Krishna for being here. Remember that you can find all his work at eastforce.org. 
And I'm Amy Edwards. And until next week, these come out every Thursday. Please subscribe. And remember that uh, you can go easier on yourself and love it all. Love it all. Love this whole thing that we got going on here. Whatever it is. (laughs) You are God. And you are love. And you are loved. And I love you. So peace, love, light, health, wealth, beauty, all the rest of it. And mind-blowing goodness to you and yours. Till next time. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this show, please rate and review. It totally matters. And I encourage you to spread the love too and share this episode with a friend if you feel called. Find me and my newsletter sign up at amyedwards.com. And you can also connect with me on Instagram at realamyedwards or in Clubhouse at amyedwards or write to me. It's amy at amyedwards.com.